day three of VBS, we have the story of Jesus raising Jairus' daughter from the dead. This is found in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 5, verses 21 to 24. And then it also continues in verses 35 to 43. In the middle of this account, we have the account of the woman who... Uh, was bleeding for 12 years and Jesus healing her as well. Now the VBS suggests telling both stories. I think there's enough material just in Jesus raising Jairus's daughter uh, that we need to get through that I wouldn't bother with the, the story about the woman uh, who had the flow of blood. However, you do need to make reference of it. It's an important part of the story that we have. So I'm not going to read that section. I am going to make some points and talk about it a little bit, but I'm going to try and focus on uh, Jesus raising Jairus's daughter. Uh, U.S. teachers are free to handle it as you see fit. I'm just giving you my suggestion. So Jesus raises Jairus's daughter. Jesus does the impossible, even raising the dead. Jesus has power even over death, and because Jesus has conquered death, we know now that death is nothing more than falling asleep. If death were the, the final thing that most people think it is, then it would be a terrible, terrible thing. But because we know that Jesus has power to raise us from the dead and will, it's really nothing more than going to sleep for a long time. And very few of us are scared of going to sleep. We don't need to be as scared of death either. Law and gospel, uh, the law, we often, like Jairus, expect Jesus to work according to our schedules. Uh, we think that uh, it's the end of the world. We have a problem and we think it's the most important thing in the world and Jesus better help us out right away uh, because this needs to be handled now. However, Jesus knows better than us. Uh, he works according to his own schedule and often for a very good reason. He often blesses us far more when he does things his way than if we try and demand that he does things our way. That's the law of the gospel. Jesus forgives our impatience uh, with him and grants us his blessings, often granting us better blessings than even the things that we ask for. Verses 21 and 22. Now when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet. Jairus was a ruler of the synagogue uh, that implies something like an elder or pastor in our churches. They didn't always preach the sermon, but they would line up people to do uh, the preaching. So they were in charge of the worship service, even though they themselves maybe didn't preach as often as, as our pastors do, uh, but instead may have often asked others to preach or to read the scripture readings. Uh, we see that in Jesus' own life, that he went into synagogues and he was asked to read or he was asked to teach or to preach. So that was that was pretty common. So this is Jairus. He's one of the, the leaders, one of the rulers of the synagogue. Uh, it was his job to make sure the worship went uh, the way it should. And he comes and falls at Jesus' feet. And this is kind of surprising for us because we know that the, the rulers, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, who were kind of the rulers of uh, the Pharisees, tended to be the rulers and the teachers in the synagogues. The Sadducees were, were more so in the temple. So more likely a Pharisee here, although we're not told specifically. Uh, but anyway, uh, these uh, rulers are often very much opposed to Jesus. Many of them were, and yet here we have one who is not opposed to Jesus, but is more than willing to listen to him and even to ask him for help. Now, it might be uh, that he was opposed or would have been 
oppose except the 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 problem with his daughter causes him to maybe repent a little bit and be a little humble and, and ask for help where he can whereas uh, maybe otherwise he would have been opposed to jesus like some of the other leaders well there's no way to know it is very often true that people turn to jesus only when they are in trouble and ignore him when everything is going fine so here we have a, a ruler who is in trouble and is willing to turn to jesus whereas many other rulers who were doing just fine uh didn't bother didn't want to listen to him and wh whether whether that's the reason or not it, it is a reminder to us to seek jesus in all at all times whether we're, we're having everything's going well or or not uh and trust in him at all times not just when things are going poorly uh so jairus falls down at his feet uh verses 23 and 24 and begged him earnestly saying my little daughter lies at the point of death come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live so jesus went with him and a great multitude followed him and thronged him note that although the ruler gives honor to jesus falling at his feet he does not do it in a in an attitude of worship he's not worshiping jesus he doesn't consider jesus to be uh, the son of god he doesn't consider him to be somebody he needs to worship uh, the indication is that he considers jesus to be a very powerful preacher a very powerful pro prophet one who had power but not on the level of the son of god and so although he he trusts jesus to some extent uh this man's faith has a long way to go and that's one of the things that we're going to see is jesus opening jairus's eyes uh, to understand who he truly is and we talked about jesus doing things in his own time uh, jesus is concerned for the little girl but he's more concerned for the spiritual well-being of the whole family and so here we have section 25 to 34. Uh, this is the interruption, so to speak, as Jesus is going to heal Jairus' daughter. He is uh, delayed by this woman who has a flow of blood who touches his garments, and he stops to talk to her. Now, that's a, uh, an account we can get into some other time, but it's important to note that on his way to deal with what seems like a very urgent situation to us, this little girl lies on the point of death, Jesus takes his time. He doesn't rush. He doesn't run. He takes his time and even stops to talk to this woman. And that seems a little odd to us. No, no, no. You need to get over there. Now, the woman's, the, the her flow of blood has been going on for 12 years. He can always come back to her later, right? Uh, that's not as much of an emergency. You got to get there to heal that girl before she dies but jesus has for his own reasons for doing thing, things in his own time in the case of lazarus we know that he delayed on purpose when lazarus was on the point of death because he wanted to show his power even over death so that as jesus entered into his death his disciples would know that death is not the end and they would look for the resurrection and his followers would know that and here too it may be uh, that he, jesus delayed on purpose scripture doesn't say tell us that uh, but Jesus probably knew what he was doing and knew what was going on. So it's very likely, yeah, he, he stopped on purpose to talk to this woman, uh, not only to help her, but also because uh, he wanted to wait until Jairus' daughter was dead so that he could show his power even over death. We don't know that for sure, but it seems a reasonable supposition. And Jesus often delays in our lives as well. We think something is so important. It needs to be taken care of right now. And why won't Jesus answer our prayers? But we are reminded with this account that Jesus 
has his own time for doing things and he knows when is the right time to answer our to answer our prayers and to deal with those situations that we lay at his feet and if we trust him and if we wait patiently for him there's that that psalm uh wait for the lord uh be still before the lord wait for his time because he knows what he's doing and his blessings are e even greater than when we let his will be done instead of insisting ours we saw that with the last story too yesterday in the story about uh, Jesus walking on the water, that his disciples were rowing hard against that storm all night, and Jesus waited they, for whatever reason. He had his own reasons for doing it. Waited till it was near morning, and they'd been struggling against the storm all night before he came to their aid. Jesus often waits uh, for his own time, but he knows what he's doing. Verses 35 to 36. While he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not be afraid, only believe. Notice again they call him teacher, and that's something you could do with the kids. You can just pay attention to how people address Jesus and what they think and what it tells us about what they think of him throughout this account. So Jairus himself gives honor to Jesus, honor as a prophet, honor as a preacher, but not uh, to worship him as the Messiah, as true God. And here as well, uh, the the friends of Jairus or, or his servants, they, they call Jesus the teacher. Again, indicating that same attitude, like, okay, he's a powerful prophet, a powerful teacher, but he's not the son of God. And that's something that is probably going to change here before the end of the before the end of the count. They think it's too late. The, the daughter has died. It doesn't matter anymore. There's nothing more that Jesus can do. But what does Jesus say? Do not be afraid. Only believe. And how many times in our lives haven't we fa faced situations where we thought, well, it's hopeless. Maybe we prayed about a situation for a long time, but then it seemed like it got to a point where it's hopeless and there's nothing more that can be done. And so we kind of give up. Jesus tells us the same thing. Do not doubt, but only believe. Trust, it, there's no, there's nothing that is hopeless for Jesus. And we never know what he may or may not do. Jairus doubted Jesus because he limited in his mind, he limited Jesus' power. He didn't think Jesus had the power to raise him, uh, raise his daughter from the dead. And so he limited what Jesus could do without realizing he was doing it. We often limit Jesus, not because we doubt his power, although we do do that sometimes too, but often because we doubt his goodness, his willingness. We think, well, yeah, Jesus could do that, but he's not going to. Uh, clearly, he's not going to. So it doesn't matter anymore. We might, we might as well not pray about it. No, just says Jesus, don't doubt, but only believe. We never know uh, what, we know that Jesus can do anything. Jesus does the impossible. There's our son, our VBS um, theme. Jesus does the impossible, and he does things in his own time. We don't always know why or when or how, but we know that he does answer our prayers. 37 to 39. And he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. Then he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw a tumult and those who wept and wailed loudly. And he came in and he said to them, Why make this commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but only sleeping. Jesus does not criticize, so to speak, their mourning. And of course, Jesus himself cries at the death of Lazarus. So Jesus does not rebuke us for mourning at the death of a loved one. Uh, it's very sad when somebody that we love dies. It's a very sad thing. Jesus himself knows that. 
However, he does encourage us not to mourn without hope. And that's exactly what Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 4.13. He says, don't mourn as those who have no hope. He doesn't say don't mourn, but he says don't mourn as though you have no hope. So yeah, it is sad and we are going to cry, but at the same time we want to believe Jesus's words here that death is not the end, that he will come again and raise us, that we do know that we will see our loved ones again. Uh, if Jesus had no power over death, it would be a very, very sad thing. But because Jesus not only has power over death, but has destroyed it, and it's only a temporary thing, then it's just like going to sleep, and it's not something we need to be afraid of, and it's not something we need to be overly sad about. Although we, we will be sad, but we can take comfort in the promises that Jesus has. And, and he reaffirms that, he underlines that when he says she's not dead, but only sleeping. Jesus knows full well that physically she is dead, but he's calling on those people and us to recognize that physical death is not important, that what's important is spiritual death. And the girl is not spiritually dead. Yeah, her body might be dead for a little while, but he's going to wake her up. And even if he hadn't performed this miracle now, she would wake up uh, on the last day. And so the physical death is nothing, really nothing more than sleeping. And that's really, Jesus is just underlying those promises about the resurrection of life when he continually speaks of, of physical death as, as merely sleeping and really calling on us not to be afraid of it. We're just going to go, we're going to lie down in a, in a tomb for a little while, but the day is coming quickly when we will rise and be with him. Verses 40 to 41, and they ridiculed him, but when he had put them all outside, he took the father and the mother of the child and those who were with him and entered where the child was laying. Then he took the child by the hand and said to her, Talitha kume, which is translated, little girl, I say to you, arise. Jesus speaks a word of command and the girl responds to Jesus's command, right? He says, little girl, rise up. And she does exactly what Jesus commanded. She rise, she rose up. Now, of course, there was no power in the girl to respond to God's command, to Jesus's command there. It wasn't something she decided to do. It's not like she heard the command and said, oh yeah, Jesus tells me to do it, so I'm going to do it. The power is in the word. The very command itself gives the power to do the thing that it commands. And so the girl rises because of the power, because Jesus spoke the command and Jesus his commands have power. And the same thing is true for us as well. There are commands that Jesus gives us in his word, which we of and by ourselves have no power to respond to. Jesus says to us, believe. But in our sinful nature, there's no way we would ever trust Jesus. Nevertheless, the power is in his word to give us the faith that he commands. He tells us to uh, to love one another. And again, there's no power in our sinfulness uh, to, to love one another, but the power is in God's word. And so God gives the commands and then in the command gives the power to do the thing that he commands. Some people think, well, because God commanded it, therefore that must mean people are able to do it. So God says something, God said to do something in his word, no, people must have the power in themselves to do it. And that's not true at all. The power is in God's word. The power is in the command to do the thing that is commanded. And we see that throughout scripture. We see it here as well. Verses 42 to 43. Immediately the girl arose and walked, for she was 12 years of age, and they were overcome with great amazement. But he commanded them strictly that no one should know it, and said that something should be given her to eat. 
Some of Jesus' miracles he did privately. Some of them he did publicly for different reasons. Uh, some of them he didn't want to be made known. And some of them he did, uh, again, for different reasons. Uh, the Bible doesn't tell us specifically in this case why he wanted to keep this one private. I think it's very likely he was just trying to protect the girl. You can imagine how everyone would have wanted to see her and touch her and talk to her uh, if they had known that Jesus had raised this girl from the dead. Uh, but that might not be what's in the best interest of the girl. And, and Jesus loves this girl girl he he wants to do what's best for her and so perhaps for that reason uh, he wants it kept private we don't know for sure but we do see his love and his concern for the girl uh, that ha having raised her from the dead doesn't say well that's, i raised you from the dead figure out the rest for yourself but he takes the time even to say make sure you give her something to eat she's been sick and she's been dead she needs something to eat something to give her strength and so we, we see his love and his grace not only in the miracle of raising her from the dead but even in that further command to give her something to eat and and to keep it private but most importantly we see god's jesus's love and grace and that he uses this miracle not just to raise the girl and to heal her of her sickness but he uses it as an opportunity to show his power even over death first to Jairus and his disciples so that they might believe in him not just that he's a teacher but that he is the Messiah the Son of God but then also to us so that we might be assured that we do not need to fear death that Jesus is able to do the impossible even to raise us from the dead.